This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on Bigfoot Collectors Club, Neonis, Lord of the Jetski Dimension, kidnapped Bryce, refusing his release unless the BCC boys held good on their promise to record the BCC Jetski Special. During his imprisonment, Bryce managed to escape to record a couple of episodes of BCC The Other Side, where he revealed to Michael and Riley that he was courting Neonis's daughter, a beautiful Jetski mermaid named Princess Tate. But Bryce has not been heard from in months and the BCC boys have failed to deliver the jet ski special. Now they must incur the wrath of Lord Neonis and face ultimate destruction as the ever-entwining fate of two worlds hangs in the balance. Somewhere deep within the jet ski dimension. Oh, Bryce, these past few months together have been amazing. Do you really have to go back and record your weird podcast? Oh, baby, trust me, Tate. If I could have it my way, I would stay here with you forever and never record another podcast ever again. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. But I made a promise to Michael and Riley and to our listeners that we would record a jet ski special. What is that even supposed to be? I don't know. Don't don't ask. It's... Father! Hey, Neon Dude! I demand payment for your release. Where is my jet ski special? Oh, boy. Silence! I shall summon your podcast bros who will answer for their insolence. Come forth, Michael McMillan and Riley Bray. What's up, guys? You're alive! Fools! You have not delivered on the basis of Jetski's special. We know, we know. know. Uh, Your Most Excellency, uh, we fully intended to make the special this fall, but um, in our dimension of California, we're dealing with droughts, lake closures, a polluted ocean from a recent oil spill. And our jet ski hookup sold their jet skis. Yeah, and then the holidays came around. And and then this thing called Omicron, which sounds like a name we would have come up with as a character in the jet ski dimension, it hit us, and then... This is bogus. You have righteously angered me. However, I have not seen my most bodacious daughter, Tate, happier. For that reason alone, I will not destroy you today. I will allow you to return to California... And continue making your podcast on the condition that the BCC Jet Ski Special will be recorded by the time the midsummer sun sets, or all three of you will be prisoners here forever, dudes. 
You know what, guys? Honestly, it's not even that bad. Jet ski mermaids. I mean, right? Well, I like this new tall guy. He really revs my jet nozzle. Guys, guys, oh, guys. Oh. Midsummer? That gives us so much time. We could even record a BJ in the Shadowbat song and finish to completely absorb oh. by the Strange video by then. Yeah. Uh, you say that, um, but it's, it's more complicated. You spend eternity as the pets of Pontinus, the Swamp Witch. <laughs> well, look here. Three plump little piggies. Won't you come on over and sit on me, Maul's lap, boys? Okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. We'll get it done. We promise. Can we please just start the show now? Goodbye, Tate, my love. I won't forget you. Good luck, Bryce, my love. Also, if things don't work out, I, I think I might be into Riley now. Of course you are. Come on, boys. Let's get out of here before that sea witch over there makes us her personal menagerie. Oh, I ain't going to do just that to you. <laughs> Bigfoot Collectors Club is back. Hit it, Riley. Here we go. Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I am your host, Michael McMillan, with me as always, and returning to the show is your other host, Bryce Johnson, and our super producer, Riley Bray. Oh, the boys are back in town, the boys are back in town, the boys are back in town. <laughs> that's as far yeah. as we can go with that song yeah, without that's it. no that's that it that's hey, better, honestly yeah 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 um and just like that on cue the dogs are already barking in the next room over guys <laughs> i'm so happy to be back how are you boys bryce it's good to have you back on the show what's happening happy new year happy new year's everybody great to be back missed you boys missed the audience missed our listeners uh, good to be back on the BCC podcast. Mm-hmm. Good to be in a new year, too. Starting yeah. fresh. Starting yeah. fresh. Fresh. Year five of Bigfoot Collectors Club has officially begun today. Can you believe it? Fucking crazy. No. <laughs> no, I can't believe it. That's that's crazy, dude. <laughs> Bryce oh, is already to take another break. <laughs> <laughs> so let's that's see. That's a long time. <laughs> On your hiatus, Bryce, you hit Nashville. You probably went in the woods and looked for Bigfoot. Um, Mm. We shared some times down at a honky-tonk together uh, back in October, Nashville, while you were shooting a movie. Yeah, Uh, How random was that? That was crazy. That was great. And then we discovered there was a giant statue of Athena there, which I didn't actually get to see. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's the largest. It's it's called – in Nashville, it's called the Parthenon, and it's the – inside the Parthenon, which is – incredible in its own right is the world's largest indoor statue of athena standing at over 40 feet tall it's incredible um yeah and right in nashville too of all places 
Is that a full size replica of the Parthenon? It is the full size. I mean, yes, that's yes. So crazy. It, I've heard that is, that's there, but I've never seen it. It's. I mean, it was mind blowing. If if you like, you know, uh, Greek mythology and architecture, I mean, fuck. And you live in the area, go see it. And it's got, you know, it's got a, a an art gallery in there as well too. So there's some incredible art pieces as well as Athena, and it's just, it's magnificent. Take that, Europe. America, is that the, number one. Europe, yeah, Europe, yeah. you suck now, by the way. Um, is that the <laughs> did you say it was the largest indoor statue of all time? Of all I did. Of all history in the West. Current, currently of all time. <laughs> Nashville built the largest indoor statue of all history. No, uh just currently in the West. Yeah, yeah. Guys, but it's a I'm biggie a little, and it's I'm beautiful. A, it is it is gorgeous. I'm excited to be back. Can you tell? <laughs> we missed yes. you guys i missed you uh missed the listeners happy to be back on the show um where do we start tonight should we just do a little like a little clubhouse keeping just to get back in the spirit of things sweep out some of the cobwebs yeah, yeah man let's sweep the floors let's do it so a reminder everybody bcc merch is available in our t public shop you can find that by clicking the link in our bio on instagram which is at Bigfoot Collector, uh, Bigfoot Collectors Club, or on our Twitter at Bigfoot Pod, or go to WeAreCampfire.media and click the shop button. And, and don't look, forget, if you haven't, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, if you haven't checked out our merch items, please do yourself a favor. I mean, they are a real addition to the show. They are mm-hmm. some incredible art pieces that you could put on mugs t-shirts hoodies i mean the art is incredible yeah and i and, i think and, it's important to note that a lot of the artists come from the bcc community that's These right are artists. fans of the show listeners yep. that's right they're you guys yeah very extremely talented listeners who uh you know sometimes we've just seen some of the art they create on instagram and said hey why don't you make a shirt for us uh, yeah, when in doubt, ask yeah. yourself, what can you do for us? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Look, it's a two-way street. It's a little bit of a two-way street. <laughs> You'll make about as much money as we do on this podcast. It's, <laughs> it's perfect. Um, uh, so that's one way you can get in and support the show and show your BCC love. Another way, of course, is to join our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, where you'll get three bonus episodes every month and access to our backlog of 100 and 70 bonus it's incredible episodes yeah that's incredible that's like a whole other catalog of the bcc with stuff like tv clubs and movie clubs and book of the month clubs and northern frights we have a basically a whole other show and you know what way more riley way more riley bray that's right that's where i shine baby guys you know how we spend time on the show sitting and thinking about like what's out there like what is the truth like what where are these entities coming from where do ghosts live mm-hmm. where do ufos mm-hmm. where do ufos yep. go when they're not flying around abducting us well guys that's like listening to this show and not supporting our patreon you're you're, you're not getting the complete picture of your re- of your bcc reality that's right so, yeah go you, you need to see the shadow side you yes know? exactly <laughs> this is the black that is the black lodge of 
Bigfoot Collectors Club. <laughs> the red pill. Of, yes. But not, right. not, not in the, you know, modern I mean, we're ta- they're t- they tried taking it back Canada. this Christmas. I don't think it really worked. It didn't really wasn't work. the best Make your BCC psyche whole and go support us over there on the Patreon. Yeah, there we appreciate go. it. And then finally, go ahead. Give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. If you do, we might read it on the air. Like this one from Apple Podcasts. Coming from Jenkins. Great group dynamic. I look forward to the banter between Michael, Bryce, and Riley. These guys are the three brothers I wish I had. Five stars. Thank you, G-Kins. Appreciate that, man. What would we... uh, Who are we as the brothers? Like, Riley's the cool brother that always has weed. I'm the one who's always telling you to clean your room. And then Bryce is the one who always holds you down and does the typewriter and then, like, spits, like, does the spit dangle yeah. over your face. Yeah. And, and, but you and really want Ri- him to like it. begs you. Riley for his weed. You said you quit. <laughs> I'm fucking back. Give it to me now. <laughs> you really want those guys as your brothers? A <laughs> rambunctious household. Yeah. Uh, oh, or you could God. just keep it simple, uh, like this reviewer from Waffles. I like frogs. Five stars. Boom. He's Perfect. in and out of there. Just doesn't take like it. frogs also. You're well, a psychopath if you don't like frogs. Yeah. That's the psychopath test. The true one, isn't it? Is if you don't yeah, like frogs. It. Just frogs, yes, no, check one. Yeah. That's it. That's great. <laughs> See, guys, uh, we like those five stars. We like those positive reviews. Write whatever you want. We'll read it here. We love you guys. Thanks again. All right. Why don't we kick off this brand new season of Bigfoot? Oh, I forgot to mention, no guests today. It's just the boys. I thought we'd have a great. little clubhouse get together you know shake some yeah, of the rust need off time yeah we need yeah. a little ketchup time with you guys yeah. a little mustard and a little mayo and a little ketchup time um <laughs> oh my God. yeah it's, it's all cute back on break. <laughs> um why don't we kick this off with a little riley And you can tell from that delay, we're still not together in person. We got it. That was 100% right there. Nailed it. Um, This was a cool story. I don't know if you guys saw this. There's a link in front of you guys. You should click that so you can see these pictures. If you're listening, pull up the show notes. You'll want to check out some of these photos. Um, My sister sent this over to me the other day. I thought it was pretty cool. Probably has a very practical explanation, but still kind of cool to think that maybe there's a big scary monster swimming down in in the ocean with the sharks because a photographer uh, according to cbs news uh took a photograph of a huge 15 foot great white shark that had a giant bite mark in it mm-hmm. photographer jalil not najavov took the photo of a lifetime while diving in Isla Guadalupe, Mexico. He spotted a gigantic great white female shark with a ring of teeth marks around her side, encompassing her entire chest. The shocking photo garnered significant attention on social media. On rare occasions during mating season among sharks, mating scars appear on female sharks' bodies caused by the males holding on to them. Boys, boys, settle down. These scars are mostly deeper cuts and punctures, indicating a more forceful motivation, such as a coercive mating from the male side, said Mm -hmm. Najofov, who captured the image in early December. He added photos of other female sharks he'd photographed with large bite marks. But experts he talked to believe the big bite taken on the 15-foot female shark weren't convinced that the bite was from a mating scar. 
Tristan Gutridge, a behavioral ecologist and wildlife presenter for Discovery's Shark Week, told Najovov that he didn't believe the bite was from mating. Due to position as the wound looks like it's healed a fair bit, and although mating scars can be nasty, there are more superficial than that. The shape of it to me likely indicates a bite from another shark. Seems a bit extreme for defense, he quoted Gutridge as saying. I mean, take a look at this photo, boys. Yeah. That's a big bite mark. That 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 jaw is it's like ten feet wide. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy, dude. I don't know what that is. I mean, it certainly could be a shark, but I'm not buying it. (laughs) Of course not. I mean, I like to think there's a giant sea monster down there just nibbling on little great 15 foot long great white sharks. Yeah, maybe. uh, Yeah, wasn't this a movie? They had an underwater base or something. It was a giant Meg. The Meg. It's the Meg. Riley, are you saying that's a megalodon? Is that a baby megalodon? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Pretty spooky. Nice. Pretty cool. It's cool. Wow. Some real hard science to start off the year. <laughs> what do we do? What do we do here on the Yeah, BC? I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Uh okay, so you guys know there is a famous footage of Bigfoot, right? The old grainy film from sixty seven showing an ape like creature ambling through the woods of California, casting a brief leisurely glance at the camera before disappearing off screen. Oh, why well, didn't this article mention it's Wonderful pendulous breasts. Oh, yeah, come on. Get that in there. Well, what an Illinois man saw last month was rather different. The creature he says he spotted outside the small town of Chandlerville, northwest of Springfield, was fast, athletic, and massive, covering a two-lane road in two quick strides. It had incredibly long limbs and was covered in shiny black hair, the man said, and was gone almost before he could register what was happening. Quote, It jumped into the darkness, and I was kind of freaked out about it, said the man, a 59-year-old engineer who lives near Peoria. I said to myself out loud, Expletive! Expletive! (laughs) Bigfoot! Expletive, dude! It's Bigfoot! Expletive! Expletive! The downstate engineer who says he spotted the mysterious figure last month asked not to be named after the initial report of his sighting. Released without his knowledge brought him a crush of unsought attention. Always happens in in these types of cases. I don't want to be known as Mr. Bigfoot, he said. (laughs) How many times have I said that around my house? How many times Uh, have you not gotten the blue ribbon in the Mr. Bigfoot competition, Bryce? One of these days. (laughs) One of these days. Oh, my God. He said he was driving home on Illinois Route 78 after visiting his mother when, just across the Sangamon River, he saw the creature bound across the road about 40 yards from his vehicle. It turned toward him just before it vanished, though he couldn't make out its eyes or face. The man said he's not a Bigfoot enthusiast and was sober as a judge when he made his sighting. He acknowledged, though, that when his friends went back to look for tracks, they found nothing. Even so, Matthew Moneymaker of the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization graded the man's sighting as a Class A or very reliable. That's the a moneymaker class A too, being... right there. What's so that? It's a moneymaker class A too, right there. So you know. Oh yeah. You know, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh that means something. <laughs> Matthew Moneymaker, come on. He he rates Bigfoot sightings. This is like these are good characters. Sorry, carry on. 
The relative closeness of the encounter and lack of red flags about the man's credibility helped to convince him, he said. Moneymaker, who has produced or hosted several Bigfoot-related TV shows, said he started his organization in the mid-1990s after he spotted a squatch during an early morning outing in a patch of woods near Akron, Ohio, as this was reported in the IndependentTribune.com. There you yeah, have it. Yeah, this uh this just happened in uh early December of the of 2021. So this is a recent Bigfoot ex- uh Bigfoot sighting. Yeah, man, I love it. I love those road crossings as you boys know. I think they're they're so I, I just love them, you know. Well, you've experienced one on your very own Bigfoot TV show. I certainly have. So what do you Crazy. think? We got a we got a little Bigfoot running around uh, the uh, what is it the Sangamon River? Yeah, yeah, out in uh, Illinois near Route seventy eight. Not surprised whatsoever. That's a woodsy area, man. And uh, you know, shit, these things migrate to and fro. So you always feel- like the witness too that doesn't want the attention. You know. Oh yeah, like, totally. Yeah, it does it does lend an air of credibility unless they're playing you know long chess on you, which is impressive. But well, look, I'm on, I'm on a Bigfoot podcast and a Bigfoot show, and I don't want the attention. You know how many Bigfoot related <laughs> Christmas gifts I got this year? Oh my oh, god, the Christmas like, gifts! What'd you get, yeah, Bryce? <laughs> Did you guys get I mean, Bigfoot uh, ornaments? Like a Bigfoot blanket that was like lost and found champion. It's like a big, uh, just so much Bigfoot kitsch. I mean. I mean, I Bryce, maybe guy, if you but... had more of a personality, people would know when to get you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time I had a couple of geckos. I thought it would be cool. I named them. Uh, what did I name them? Like stoner and and weed or something like that. <laughs> and uh, and my dad, my dad was like, uh, rest his soul. He was like. Oh, you like geckos? Oh, great! And then that's all I got from my dad for birthdays and Christmas gecko was like gecko-related art, gecko statues, like gecko this, gecko that. And I was just like, Dad, they're just little lizards. I'm gonna let them go in the canyon here this summer. Uh, okay, just enough with the gecko shit. Bryce, <laughs> stop being such a mystery to your family and friends. <laughs> It shouldn't take two geckos for them to to figure out what they should give you for your birthday. I am not that complicated, or at least I wasn't back then. Wait, Just give me a nice, a nice, uh, some Chevess Regal and a and a twenty bag of weed, and I would have been grateful. What <laughs> happened? Birthday, <laughs> what happened to Stoner and Weed? Oh, they! I let them go in the canyon. I got tired of feeding those fuckers. Because I'll tell you why. <laughs> you know what you you know what you have to feed them. Live crickets and maggots. Do you know how disgusting it is to go in and grab a handful of maggots and feed them Ooh. to your fucking lizards? And not only that, I had to, I was going to Petco once a week to like buy live crickets. And you know what you hear in your house now? Now your house is this at all hours of the night. That's it. That's all you hear. And it drives you batty. Still to this day, if I hear like a, a fucking cricket in this house, I'll turn on the lights at 3 a.m., and I'll go hunt that sucker down until I get him outside. Hey, crickets uh, in the house are good luck, dude. Well, I get them the heck out. I mean, I don't kill them. I I put them under a cub. I don't I don't kill anybody. I feel bad for stoner and weed. How long do you think that they actually? Oh, they survived? probably got eaten by a fucking bird or a dog in like <laughs> the, the twenty minutes it, later. But, hey, I gave them a shot at their freedom, and that's all they asked for, right? <laughs> Did they? <laughs> no. <laughs> Stoner's like. <laughs> Bryce! 
Let me hey, be man, free, so- man. <laughs> This is how Bryce will ultimately uh, leave the podcast. He'll just turn Riley and me out into the canyon and drive away. <laughs> <laughs> well good luck you're free now but don't, you guys are you free know, now what you wanted <laughs> you know how much work it takes to do a podcast i do i do eat a lot of maggots so there's yeah that. oh and my god i do make them hand feed them to me so oh, that they were the worst uh but they were cool when you were like stone because i had a cool aquarium like it sounds like it. And, of course geckos yeah, are cool, they were cool when you're stoned like 20 minutes it sounds like you day. bought them when you were high out of and your mind <laughs> yeah yeah maybe <laughs> Bryce, I'm on stoner and weed side of this story. I'll have you know. <laughs> You're the villain. You're the villain in this story. I am. I am the villain in that story. <laughs> this is his super villain backstory of why he like fights Gecko, you know? <sighs> All right, guys, get to work on the new Stoner and Weed merch that will be coming soon to the T Public shop. Get that get that listener art ready and we'll we'll come up with something. Yeah. Oh my lord, the little bits and pieces of history that come out on the show about Bryce. I love every 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 nibble of it. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, it's time for this week's story of high strangeness. All right, boys. BCC's back, and that means high strangeness has returned. Now Whew. A couple weeks back, on the other side, we got a request from listener Robert S. to cover more Bigfoot stuff on the podcast. And since this episode marks the return of BCC and this story of high strangeness officially kicks off year five, I thought I would honor that request with a cryptid that has connections to our beloved Biggie. Nice. Riley, this is your cue. Here we go. On Saturday, December 4th, 2021. Ooh, around the time that guy in Illinois saw that Bigfoot. Yeah. As the Bigfoot Collectors Club slumbered in their podcast hibernation, a legendary cryptid made a reemergence in Queensland, Australia. Three plantation workers were driving to the little village of Jimena, population 91, when they caught a glimpse of a giant Harry hominid slouching under a street lamp, sporting an ape-like face and very long arms. One of the men, Seamus Fitzgerald, told the New Courier newspaper, We initially thought it was a boar or really big animal until we got closer and saw it run off in a very ape-like way. I've never really had paranormal or strange experience like that before. I hardly slept at night and the feeling was overwhelming that I had seen something that I never believed in previously. The creature simply didn't make sense to the naked eye. One of the other workers, Sterling Slockuk Bennett, my favorite new eyewitness name, (laughs) told the press that all three men were baffled by what they were looking at. We were in utter disbelief of what we were seeing. It definitely was a scary moment for me. As I said, I was so confused and shook at what we were seeing. And as we got closer and closer, it didn't make sense like you'd hope. It really didn't, did it, Slowcock? It's my name. Don't wear it out. <laughs> By the way, 
I'm terrible at Australian accents, in case you couldn't tell. You guys are do- you're doing great. You guys are doing <laughs> The entity the men encountered is similar to descriptions of Australia's very own Bigfoot, a bipedal monster that dates back to Aboriginal myth called the Yowie. Yeah. Yowza. Bryce, how familiar are you with the Yowie? Dude, it's Australians, Australia's Bigfoot, man. Yeah. All right. That's all it is. That, But it's... It, Great. Okay, wrap it I up. Mean... Great first episode back, everybody. The Yowie, Australian's Bigfoot. That's all it Good is. Night. Good night. I mean, you're not wrong. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that much. I, I mean, here's what I, I don't know a, a, a lot about them other than, I mean, they pretty much mirror... Um, North American sightings of Bigfoots, if I'm if if I'm not mistaken, I mean, you know, tall, hairy, bipedal creatures with a with a humanistic face, man. It's true. All of this is true, as we're about to learn. But there's some. There's at least one distinguishing feature that I'm going to be interested to hear your take on. Mm, maybe the color uh, yours of the hair. as well, Riley. Uh, so here we go. Mm-hmm. According to legend, the Yowie may appear in two size categories: medium and supersized. They're either four to five feet tall or between eight to ten feet tall. And in some eyewitness cases, possibly even taller. Yowies are typically described as having reddish brown hair, uh, typically two to four inches long, a bare ape-like face. Bear as in bare skin. It's not a bear face. That's also an ape. Just so you know, in case you're not reading this like I am. (laughs) Uh, face and features sharp fang-like canines and a somewhat bare chest and in some cases even come equipped with sharp talon-like hands or claws really yeah that's the part that i was like this doesn't sound so much like bigfoot almost like they're almost like a giant sloth which makes me sometimes wonder is there like a tiny giant sloth out there in australia like yeah, you know true. what i mean like that people have him awesome. like it looks like he has like wolverine claws almost really yeah i would i would for think of those kind of claws for like eating little grubs you know like yeah into rotting uh logs and such yeah grub diggers that's what we call them mm-hmm. like the north american bigfoot they produce a foul stench and can cross an outback highway in three steps or less I bet they can cross an outback steakhouse in five or six. Hold on to your blooming onions, everyone. <laughs> Crikey! The three workers' paradoxical encounter with the Yowie was nothing new to the inhabitants of Jimena, who have been aware of the creature's presence in their area for generations and believe that the creature appears most often after a storm. However, Subsequent hunts to find the cryptid in the days following the three men's encounter resulted in unsurprising failure, as Slowcock Bennett lamented to the press. We went on a few hikes after to see it, but sadly, they weren't organized very well, and too many people, and too loud. (laughs) We forgot to tell them to be quiet. Just a haphazard monster posse. You're never going to catch anything like that. I want to know. That's just shorthand for like, they got drunk and went out to look for a yaoi. Yeah, that's a drunk hike is what that is. That's all they did and got progressively louder the more they drank. Yeah. 
Stories of the Yowie can be traced back to the myths of the Kukuyalanji tribe in northern Queensland. Their ancient tales describe their tribe coexisting with a race of hairy men, who sometimes attack their people. Though it is generally believed that the Yowie is docile, they can become hostile when provoked. Some aboriginal cave art supports the existence of the Yowie, depicting giant, hairy hominids standing alongside humans. Hmm. That sounds uh, pretty familiar. But is it proof that an Australian Bigfoot lives in the outback today? Could it be the depiction of a hominid that has long since gone extinct? Or is it simply a myth? Like North America, the legend of the Yowie became popular among colonists. Many sightings of the cryptid have occurred since Europeans arrived in Australia. A written record from an 1842 issue of Australian and New Zealand monthly magazine describes an earlier, perhaps more whimsical version of the Yowie. This being they describe as resembling a man of nearly the same height with long white hair hanging down from the head over the features. The arms are extraordinarily long, furnished at the extremities with great talons, and the feet turned backwards, so that on flying from man, the imprint of the foot appears as if the being had traveled in the opposite direction. Altogether, they describe it as a hideous monster of unearthly character and ape-like appearance. Now, this isn't the first time that I've heard, I, 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 maybe with the Yowie, but I've also heard of this sort of, I think maybe it was in Central or South America, I could be wrong, about a hominid that they said had backwards feet to throw you off the trail. That's just so strange to me. I mean, that's crazy. Well, that's just getting into some like real folklore stuff there. You know what I mean? That yeah, sounds like... Right. That sounds like boogeyman tales, you know? Yeah, good point, good point. Yeah, Children's absolutely. fairy tales. In December of 1882, a naturalist named Henry James McCooey reported his eyewitness encounter to Australian Town and Country Journal. And he said... A few days ago, I spotted one of these creatures. I think that if it was standing upright, it would be nearly five feet high. It was tailless and covered in very long black hair, which was a, of a dirty red or snuff color and the throat uh, about the throat and breast its eyes which were small and restless were partially hidden by matted hair that covered its head I threw a stone at the animal whereupon it immediately rushed off <laughs> when in doubt throw a stone yep that's right tap throw the stone get out of here you <laughs> ugly creature <laughs> off with you I mean, you you're seeing like a miracle of nature and you pick up a rock and throw it at it. <laughs> it's very human. Very human response. New South Wales in Australia is home to the Newell Highway, a road that cuts through the Pilliga Forest between Narabri and Coonabarandabran. Coonabarabran. <laughs> Boy, I practiced this earlier. <laughs> I even heard it on a video. Coonabarabran. Some yeah. truck drivers fear this route, especially at night because of the high strangeness that occurs in the Pilliga Forest. Hairy hominids, strange lights known as Min-Min lights, and ghosts have all appeared along this stretch of highway. Mm. One famous legend tells of the Pilliga Princess, who was allegedly an aboriginal woman who roamed the Newell Highway, pushing a shopping cart, or trolley, along the road as she hitchhiked between towns, catching rides with truck drivers. 
Somewhat of a local eccentric, the true identity of the Pilica princess was never known. And she was sadly killed when she was run over by a truck in 1993. But it is said that she can still be seen today, walking along the road at night, pushing her trolley, adding to the supernatural and superstitious climate to the Pilica. As we learned while reading Timothy Renner and Joshua Kutchin's book, Where the Footprints End, last year on the other side, check out that book club episode if you're a Patreon member and haven't done so already. And if you aren't, seriously, what are you doing? There seems to be a strange connection between wandering women of the woods, or women in white, and the Bigfoot phenomenon. The Newell Highway is well known for its Yowie activity. One encounter took place in 1969, when a truck driver pulled over in the Pilica scrub to fix a flat tire. As he was under the truck, fixing his trailer, he caught whiff of a horrible stench. He ducked out from underneath the trailer to see the gargantuan silhouette of a ten-foot-tall, hairy beast standing against the bright sunlight. The truckie made a mad dash for his cab, revved up the truck, and got into high speed. And as he made his escape, he looked in the rearview mirror to see the big Yowie giving momentary chase to the man-made mechanical mode of transportation that had the audacity to break down on its hallowed grounds. From that day forward, the truck driver swore he would never drive the Newell Highway again. I swear I'm never going to drive that Newell Highway again. I swear it. Oh, there was also another story that I forgot to put in here when I was researching that story. Bryce, you'll love this. Of a boy in the same area who went missing and the firefighters went out looking for him, could not find him, and suddenly found him walking on the side of the road. And he told the firefighters that he had been walked out of the woods by something. Oh, dude. And the boy's name isn't known. It's just this like little local story. They don't reveal the the uh, the name of the kid. But it's totally yeah. like that story you did uh, last year. Yeah, about the out kid of North who... Carolina, the kid that went missing in the back of his grandmother's house, only to be found days later. And he said he had been protected and made friends with a bear. Yeah. And uh, and that's why he went mm-hmm. relatively unscathed. First of all, it was hibernating season, and, and bears, I'm pretty sure, don't make friends with little kids. Uh, so it's very strange, man. So um, have you ever read any A.A. A. Milne? Doesn't sound like you have, <laughs> my friend. The Yowie's activities continued well through the 1990s. In 1993, a man named Neil Frost spotted a hulking 300-pound hairy hominid with red eyes walking on two feet in his backyard in the Blue Mountain Range near Sydney. When the creature realized it was being watched, it disappeared at high speeds into the depths of the forest. Dean Harrison leads Australian Yowie Research, a Bigfoot hunting team that spends hours in the field collecting data and collecting eyewitness reports of the creature. Harrison has had his own close encounters with the Yowie, too, in fact. And in 2019, he told the press, I was living in a pole home in the 1990s, which is kind of a raised property on a heavy slope, and it backed onto a rainforest. I came home one night about 11 p.m., and I heard something in the backyard making the most ungodly noises. It was horrible, like a deep grunting and snorting growl. I've never heard anything like it. I had a choice. I could either go down to the back with a torch and have a look, but something inside my head said, let it go. 
because I might not come back. Dean later had a second encounter, which he described like this. And in 1997, I was living in a place halfway between Brisbane and the Gold Coast, and I was going jogging again about 11 p.m. at night. It was like someone creeping up on me. It was a stalking type motion. And then I was aware that something was just behind me, and I got these chills I've never experienced in my life. It was like nothing I had ever seen before in my entire life. I knew I had to move, and at that moment I did. This thing roared. It was like a bear or a lion wrapped into one. This thing had a massive vocal capacity, and I was off. I was running. It was smashing through the brush, and at, at the time I was a pretty fast runner, right? But this thing was a whole lot faster than me, and I was running through thick undergrowth. I thought I was going to die, but then it started running ahead of me, and so I veered away from the forest tree line, and just as I did so, it briefly lunged out before stopping and returning to the tree line. From there, it squatted behind the thick shrubbery and just watched the woman I was on the phone to heard the whole thing. It was a life-changing event, something you just can't let go. In May of 2021, while on expedition with the Australian Yowie research team, Dean and his teammates managed to capture thermal images of what appear to be two 10-foot-tall Yowies lurking between the trees out in the brush. Now, I'm going to include a link to that video in the show notes. And on Friday's episode of The Other Side, we're going to take a closer look at the video. Because all in all, it's about 12 minutes long. We won't go through the whole thing. But I think it's worth every second for you guys to watch at home. I did send this to Bryce uh, uh, earlier this week, a couple days ago. And Bryce, in a nutshell, what did you think about this thermal video? Australian Bigfoot. <laughs> I no, said it over no, look, look, I love this video. I mean, um, especially when you take it into context of the of the story and how they were sort of uh hunting this creature and 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 the video. I mean, it's compelling, man. Uh I really loved it. I can't wait for the audience to to watch it and, and yeah. render their opinion as well. It it reminds me basically what you see is they're filming this, they're filming the like brush at night. And there's this huge tree uh, in the dark, and using thermal images, they see eye shine from a creature, and then uh, another creature shows up and is standing over guarding the first creature while the first creature like bends down and picks something yeah. off off the ground. And um, it reminds me; you can clearly see head, shoulders, outline, and it reminds me of some of the stuff that you guys got on Expedition Bigfoot in the past yeah. couple of years. Um, so it was really compelling. And when you listen to Dean Harrison talk about the mm. video, it really sells it, you know? So check that out in the show notes. Um, you, if you just pull up the episode you're listening to on your app and scroll down past the description descriptions of the episode, uh, it'll be labeled as, uh, Yowie thermal video. So you'll find yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, if you asked me if I could only like, you know, out of all the technology we use on our show Expedition Bigfoot, if 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 I could only take one piece of tech with us every time, it would be a thermal uh a thermal video camera. Those things are incredible just because I do believe these creatures to be nocturnal and they're most active at night. And and uh, you know, I it's just I'm always fascinated with the incredible thermals that 
people are able to capture wild stuff man awesome and riley uh we'll we'll look at some of those clips with you over on the other side so we'll get your take on that as well of course great all right now one of the prevailing theories of the north american bigfoot is that they descended from a relic hominid species or hominid species that migrated over to our continent from asia so how the hell did the yowie manage to get all the way down to australia and one of the more mystical theories is that the yowie originated from the aboriginal concept of the everyone the concept known to the western world as the dreaming hmm. the dreaming is a very complex cultural concept which has a hard time translating not only into english but also into Western minds because we simply don't have a thought structure in our heritage to really compare it to. And one of the original English terms for the dreaming was dream time, coined by anthropologists Francis Gillen and Baldwin Spencer to describe the, quote, the far distant past with which the earliest traditions of Australia Aboriginal tribes deal, end quote. Their translation fails uh, at communicating the concept because there isn't an aboriginal word for time. A more huh. acceptable term in the English language is the dreaming. According to the website creativespirits.info, which specializes in aboriginal information, they say this, and I'm going to read this because uh, I think it's pretty eloquently. Aboriginal spirituality does not consider the dream time as time past. In fact, not as time at all. Time refers to past, present, and future, but the dream time is none of these. The dream time is there with them. It is not a long way away. The dream time is the environment that the Aboriginal lived in and still exists today all around us, says Aboriginal author Madururu. Mad Sorry, let me take that back. Says uh, Aboriginal author Madururu. It is important to note that the dreaming always also comprises the significance of place. Hence, if we try to use an English word, we should avoid the term dream time and use the word dreaming instead. It expresses better the timeless concept of moving from dream to reality, which in itself is an act of creation and the basis of many Aboriginal creation myths. None of the hundreds of Aboriginal, Aboriginal languages contain a word for time. Yeah, that's absolutely fascinating, man. Isn't that... Yeah, I'm reminded of Graham Hancock's book, Supernatural, and just these shamanistic, um, mystical journeys that they go on. Uh, it, it's incredible. And, and, and they, they often, they don't go anywhere, but, but they do. You know, they, they, their consciousness shifts and they, and they travel to a different dimension, another, a parallel universe, or, or like yeah, this is I mean saying, uh, uh, the dreaming. Yeah, this is like a whole religious, like cultural construct that, like, you know, obviously you would need to take like a college course in to really begin to mm. understand. But it's fascinating too. Some of the ways that I've found they described it as kind of like the dreaming being all around us. It binds us. You start to hear these phrases. That you're like, this kind of sounds like the Force as it's described yeah. in Star yeah. Wars. Not to minimize it at all, but you know, to to help picture it. Um, but anyway, I just thought this was interesting because it's a long way of saying, you know, is this a type of interdimensional or spiritual Bigfoot, you know, because uh, right. like the Sasquatch, it's possible that the answer to the mystery of the Yowie does not lie in the material world, but mm. 
but in the spiritual one. And that, yeah. in a nutshell, is the Yahweh. Yeah, Yahweh. Man, I uh, I love that uh, part of the close there about the dreaming, and I, I that's just it's such a cool concept. And when you think about how long humanity was cruising along before like industrialization you know mm. like me- mechanical watch time like yep and just this idea of like timelessness like that was like i mean like a hundred thousand years people were just like here like being humans you know well, on the planet and it's cool. interesting too because without i feel like you know i feel like technology is such a marker of time passing for us now in the in mm-hmm. in, in the western world at least like is you know superficial shit like the iphone you're on what iphone 13 now you know what i mean and so we're like marking time with like oh we go we went from you know beta to vhs even though that was a downgrade i know guys don't get on me to like dvd to blu-ray to hdr you know this like you know 4k 8k like we're marking time with all this technology we talk about our grandparents like how you know Great grandparents, you know, when they were born, perhaps man wasn't even flying yet or great, great grandparents. And if you were living, you know, that indigenous life for hundreds of thousands of years or even just thousands of years and without those commercial technological advancements, time wouldn't feel like it was passing a whole lot you know what i mean like yeah man a hundred years from now would look like a lot a lot like a hundred years ago and Mm -hmm. so it it existence just by human perception alone must have felt timeless yeah you would mark it with growing you know with watching nature and children and everybody passing but it would be like seasonal like uh, seasonal to the weather and seasonal to generations and the human lifespan and you know, it's like it's just a different I feel like it's a different sense of just being this sort of interconnected organism, you know, kind of less individualism, more of like, you know, the, the part of a you know, a, an ecosystem. Yeah. Well, and that and that's linear time, too. Right. If, if, if these aborigines are talking about the dreaming as as if it's sort of an altered state of consciousness, which which could which could occur through. Uh, rhythmic drumming or or uh, psychedelics or any number of of ways that they could enter into this altered state of consciousness as like Terrence McKenna would describe um, you know a, a, a standard DMT trip lasts about you know 90 seconds but when you're in it it feels like days have gone by you know what I mean so time is relevant man I mean it's it's you know I think when you're when relative. you're in those states, rel- time, time is relative. Yeah. And so when they're in this dreaming, as they call it, you know, I, I can totally get why they say there is no past, present and future. Everything that's ever happened is taking place now. But it also sounds like the fifth dimension, a, a, a dimension that exists outside of time. And here we are failing to wrap our brains around it. Exactly. But totally. Yeah. I love I think this is so cool. And I'd love to learn more about this concept. And I just also love the idea since the Yowie stems and they can't quite figure it out, but stems from uh, Aboriginal word that like perhaps this is some sort of spiritual or a cryptid from the spirit realm or, you know, materialized from an, from an overlapping dimension with our own. Um, 
And and yeah. at a certain point, it's like, what's the difference if it is real or if it isn't real? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that sort of yeah. like fiction is alive and fiction is reality just in the way that dreams are real, that maybe these things are all ethereal, you know, and that doesn't matter if they are part of the material world or not. They exist because we say they exist. Yeah, man. I don't have a problem with that. Yo, man, I really wish that Stoner and Weed were here to talk about this with us. <laughs> They'd be super into it. Oh, man. Hey, They'd you guys love wanna, it. Wanna, you guys want to smoke a joint, watch my geckos, and talk about Bigfoot? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you do realize you're only getting gecko shit from us from now on. You yeah, do. from now on. No. Oh, man, I'm going to get those neon like gecko t-shirts from the 90s. Oh, that's know? so funny. What's the uh, gecko well, themed iced tea? Oh, uh, uh, Jenko or something? Is that it? Jenko jeans? Jenko, no. that was the, the very wide leg jeans. I know what you're talking movie. about. I can see it I in my too. mind. I can't. We're going to get you Geico insurance. We're going <laughs> to get you the uh, that iced tea that has a gecko on it that I can't uh, think of. It. It's like next to the Snapple. Someone's no, in their I can car see right it. now, and that's in the cup holder, and they're, like, screaming yeah. the name of it. Oh, my God. Please don't. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, that's one lean, mean, yowie uh, BCC episode to kick off year five. Next week, we will have a guest with us. Um, but we're going to be switching up the format a little bit this year. Uh, we're going to try to get in some more expert episodes. We're, you know, not every single episode is going to be a, uh, a, a an amazing guest and a story of high strangeness. So stay on your toes. We're switching it up and keeping it a little bit interesting this year. Aren't we, boys? Yeah, absolutely. More deep dives, right? Yeah. More deep dives coming from me more for experts, sure. More experts, more deep dives. Yeah. Switching it up. We're switching it up just a little bit, and we hope you guys uh, enjoy and stick around to see where we go. And, of course, like we said, join us on the other side, uh, patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Um, join Price us of a over- coffee, five bucks a month. Come join us. Get, yeah, get, get issue to that backlog, man, and it's a fun skip, hang over there. Skip one day of Starbucks if you can, and uh, join us over there. Um Join us on our Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club on Twitter at Bigfoot Pod. I'm at McMills on Instagram. Bryce Riley, what do you guys got? I'm at Bryce O Johnson on Twitter and Mr. at Mr. Bryce Johnson on Instagram. And I am Peace Drone on Instagram, and that's pretty much it. Fantastic. Cool. I want to thank Marcy Jaro for playing both Tate and uh, Pontunas today in our cold <laughs> open. Uh, hopefully we'll be hearing her play those roles again in the soon to be, yet to be, one day to be released BCC Jet Ski Special. Oh, it's coming. We're finding uh, it's coming. those jet skis. Yeah. We had some issues, guys. Uh, you heard about it if you're over on the other side. We yeah. haven't forgotten. We're going to make good on this promise. You guys made good getting us to those 1,000 five-star reviews. Uh, we This is coming and more. As I said on the I said it on the other side, I'm going to say it here. 2022 is a year, year of fulfillment, baby. Let's make it happen. Right. Like Speaking that. of a long time in the coming, too, and, and year of fulfillment, um, the Spindrift album is finally shipping. And so I've got it, and it's beautiful, it? baby. It's on oh, vinyl. Awesome. It's great. I'll put a, yeah. a picture of it up on the Instagram so people can see it. 
cool. So I just want to say thank you to everyone that ordered it. And, um, you know, I've been getting messages from people that they're receiving it and it makes me so happy. So thank you guys for ordering it. And, uh, it comes out on digital on, I think February 4th. Awesome. So, uh, finally. So Yay. Congrats, that's dude. That's killer, man. Hell Thanks, yeah. It's I might fantastic. have to buy a record player just to play that puppy. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> All right, everybody, uh, we'll see you over on the other side on Friday uh, or next week here on BCC. Until then, good night. And go get regressed. Yay, podcast, podcast. We podcast. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray and Michael McMillan and scored and engineered by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Do us a favor and support the show and unlock three bonus episodes every month by becoming a member of our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, which can be found at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.